0: going to be kicking off on a new sermon series this morning I'm glad that you're out on this fall Sunday doesn't it feel good outside huh good day to be out and about a lot of our folks are down running the marathon pray for their souls and their salvation at this point they are wondering if they even still love God probably a few miles in to the run yesterday we had our car show I didn't think we'd have it because of the weather and we were able to pull it off our team did a great job, and uh, here's my pastor's pick. A Lamborghini showed up on the property. It was a Lamborghini Power Wheels, all right? And this is a little boy. The trophy was bigger than he was, and he took that thing home. It was a cool day, and lots and lots of great things happened on our campus, and I'm very thankful for that ministry team reaching out to our community. Also, an update for the church. We are in our final steps of our Next Steps campaign, paying off our children's building and preschool remodel, we have $240,000 to go to pay that off and be completely debt-free, so I want to challenge you, next Sunday is our Bigger Step Sunday, asking you to continue to do what you have been doing, but to take a bigger step and bring a special gift next Sunday, October 10th, so pray about that this week and let's see where God takes us in the days ahead. Well, as I said, we're going to start a new sermon series today, questions, God questions, uh, I want to do a little something different to kind of start this even this morning kind of get you going up and flow and going so eh, I'm going to read off a list of different things and if you've ever done whatever this item is I'm going to ask you to stand up we're just going to learn a little bit about the crowd this morning first thing if you've ever had stitches stand up ever had stitches stand up look around all right these are the dangerous living people all right you may be seated if you've ever been to Disneyland or Disney World, stand up, Disneyland or Disney World. I expect a few in this service. Very cool. Those who are sitting down are still praying for their parents to give in on the money. All right, You can sit down. If you are the youngest of the siblings, you're the baby of the family, stand, look at them all stand up and brag. Look at me. Here I am. The spotlight's on me once again. All right. I'm just going to no, you need to stay standing because you need to come forward. We're going to pray over you. All right. The spoiled of the audience. Those are the ones we'll pray for this morning. If you were born outside of Oklahoma, please stand. If you were born outside of, hey, don't brag. That's no big deal. All right. If you were born in Texas, keep standing. Everybody else down. If you were born in Texas, all right another invitation you get to come forward we're going to pray over you all right that God would even speak to you this day be seated that's good that's just a little joke especially going into next week next one if you have I don't expect a lot we packed it out on this one in the first service not expecting a lot here if you've ever milked a cow stand up holy cow I did not expect that at all all right look around there the green acres of PCBC right there praise God milk to cow if you ever got stitches milking a, no I'm not going to ask that if you prefer cats over dogs stand up another invitation let's just all pray for these people holy cow I didn't know there was such a person out there all right very good if you are a morning person stand up sure whatever why are you at the 1105 service you're not a morning person don't believe that We're not even praying for you, sit down. If you haven't stood up yet, stand up. Anybody? All right, now there you are, all right? Why don't you get out and milk a cow or something? Come on, broaden your horizons, all right? Now those questions are silly questions, but you learn a little bit more about your audience, you know maybe about who you need to stay away from if you're not wanting stitches or if you want to have an adventurous life, you can figure out some things, you learn a lot by those questions being answered and, and as much as we learn about you just in that moment even more so there's other questions to be answered that you need to answer yourself that God would ask of you that allows you to understand who you are and where you are and that's the whole purpose of this sermon series is to answer the right questions because I look out in the world today I find that our culture is giving answers to the wrong questions uh, seeking to get us to drink the Kool-Aid to look at this is what life is supposed to be or this is what it should be and given the answers but they're answering the wrong questions and so as you wrestle through some things there may be some questions you've wrestled with questions like why am I here is there a God is there a God who loves me why do bad things happen to good people what's God's will for my life those are deep questions that we should be wrestling with that maybe you have wrestled with other questions like why do good things happen to bad football conferences like the SEC get no you I I don't understand these things so there are some deep deep profound questions but the biggest questions you can ever wrestle with are the ones we're going to wrestle with over the next few weeks they're questions that God asks that God asks of you and of me as we look through scripture uh, these questions will start to pop out to you from now on as you see God asking a question why do we ask questions we ask questions because we want information. We want to we know something. We're inquiring. We're trying to figure something out, so we ask questions because we lack the information. Well, if God knows everything, if he's om- om- omniscient, if he knows all things, why would an all-knowing God ever ask a question for the same reason we do? Because those questions that God asks helps us discover information that maybe we don't understand or maybe we haven't been thinking about as you look into scripture there are times that God teaches all of us through his word he gives us answers that word that you're holding in your hand or on your phone uh, is God speaking to you these things have I written that you may know God's given us answers for life he's told us how we can have abundant life and how we can have eternal life he gives us answers but then there's times where God has to take us deeper and answers don't always penetrate our heart like they should sometimes it's through a question if you are using our church center app i would encourage you to to go out on our app and i've posted a resource for you as we go through this sermon series and you click on the app you'll get the front cover here and the front items and at the very top circled in red it says more if you'll click on the more branch it will give you a drop down menu and there's a resource called god questions What I have posted on there is a resource I got from my friend Walker Moore many years ago, a hundred questions in the New Testament that God asks and what I would encourage you to do is you walk with God one-on-one as you're praying about your one is that you would take one question a day and look at that question in the context of scripture, read the story, read what God was doing in that person's life but then let God ask you that question. It's one of the things I've been teaching you anytime you're in the scripture and you see God ask a question don't just read what God was trying to say to somebody stop put on the brakes and put yourself in the question. So today to kick off the sermon I thought best place to start go to the very first question God ever asked. So if you have your Bibles you can guess go to the first book of the Bible find yourself there in Genesis the beginning of human history And we're going to start in Genesis chapter 2. What's pretty fascinating is God begins human history, creating the earth, creating everything, and then he creates man. We find God giving answers. God is a God who wants you to understand his design and his will. He doesn't want you to question it. He doesn't want you to, to, to try to guess at it. He wants you to know truth. And so he begins, verse 15... And we find as God has given these answers the problem with answers is sometimes they go in one ear and out the other all your life you've been growing up with people giving you answers your parents telling you what you should and should not do trying to guide you in the way you should go giving you answers you go to school and the teacher tells you what you are to believe and what is truth and they tell you all these answers your boss tells you answers and what to do. Your preacher tells you answers and what to do. God gives answers as well. Verse 15, for the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it and the Lord God commanded the man saying from any tree of the garden you may eat freely but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you should not eat from the day you eat from it you will surely die. As we look at God speaking into Adam's life he's created man he's given him a paradise a man is perfect without a sin nature. He has a perfect heavenly father, a perfect paradise all as well. And in that, God speaks into Adam's life and gives him boundaries and gives him direction for life so that he can have an abundant life in paradise. A lot of people look at God and they say, well, God's just a bunch of don'ts. We can't do this and we can't do that and we can't do this. And look at what he first says. He says, I've given you all of this. God is a God of provision. God is a God of abundance. But God also knows that evil will only destroy our lives and so as he says Adam I've given you all this all of this is yours it's my blessing in your life and when you live in the center of my will you'll be blessed but there is this one tree the tree of the knowledge of good and evil if you eat from it I want you to understand there will be consequences it may look good it may be desirable to you but it will destroy your life it will bring nothing but death God in his love and in his provision provided direction and truth and it went in one ear and out the other. Oh Adam received it at first and and there were more answers to be given from God. Look at verse 18. He continued to speak into Adam's life and he looked at all he had created and he looked at Adam and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. Can I get an amen from all the men in the audience who figured that out, right? Left to ourselves, we will destroy ourselves. That's why you have stitches, all right? It was uh, your fault. And God put somebody special in your life. It's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And so God gave answers and God put all of it together. And God then walked with them day after day after day. They went one-on-one with God and had all the blessings of God. And then we get to the next chapter. Go to Genesis chapter 3. We look at it often, but look at it in the context of how God works in our lives. Verse 1. serpent speaking of satan who crept in just like a serpent would sneaking up on adam and eve Uh, he was more crafty than any beast of the field which god had made he said to the woman indeed has god said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden isn't it interesting as you look at satan's tactics the very first attack on the human race was with a question isn't that interesting i think it speaks to the power of questions i think satan understood The answers have a tendency to go in one ear and out the other but if you ask a question it goes in the ear and it has a way of making it to the heart. We receive the question it forces us to ponder and to think and to respond. Satan being very crafty uses the power of the question. The problem is he gave them a twisted question. Remember what I said earlier? If you wrestle with the wrong question even if you get the right answer to that question you still have the wrong answer. And that's what happened for Adam and Eve they were wrestling in this uh, they received the question they begin to think on the twisted question and Satan begins to bring them wrong answers everybody in this room has wrestled with satanic questions every one of us have had one of those questions creep into our minds into our hearts questions like does it even matter what God has said does it even matter I mean Uh, those things were spoken thousands of years ago that's back way before what we deal with in our day and age and that's just old-fashioned religion and and there's new truth and we're more enlightened today and does it really matter what God has said? I know he said thou shall not murder I get that but let the marriage bed be undefiled that's old-fashioned that doesn't fit culture today I know it says God made male and female but we've got science today that says otherwise. Does it really matter what God has said? Does God love me? Is God fair? Is God holding out? How could God love somebody like me? You ever wrestle with those questions? Those are questions that the enemy brings to kill, steal, and destroy. Well, he's crafted his way from their ear to the heart. And we see verse 2 look at the response The woman said to the serpent from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die now we've looked at this a million times together but let me just review again how did how did Eve even know how to respond Eve wasn't even created yet when God spoke the truth into Adam he spoke it to Adam alone how would she ever know well Adam was created by God to be the spiritual leader of the home. Men, where are we? We're to be the spiritual leaders. We think that that's what mom does. That's what we think the wife should be doing and we're supposed to be going and earning the bacon and bringing it home and Adam was supposed to be the spiritual leader and apparently he stepped into that because she had a response. How did she know what to say? Apparently Adam had a devotional with her one morning and they were sitting down together around the breakfast table and they were starting off their day in prayer walking with God's gonna be here we're gonna get to walk with God this morning let's prepare our hearts and and oh sugar let me tell you what God told me open your Bible and they got their Bible out turn to verse one which book there's only one verse just turn to the verse life was simple one verse Bible I would have gotten a wanna trophy back then I could have got that verse and he sits her down and says here it is sugar God's given us all this garden but you see that tree over there don't look don't look too long but you know what I'm talking about yeah don't look at don't look at that tree that tree's evil God warned me he said don't you and and sugar I'm telling you don't you go don't you go anywhere near that tree don't you don't touch it don't look at it don't spell it don't think about it put it out of your mind right now what's in her heart all she can think about that tree and he did what your parents do. They tell you you do such and such, and your eyes will stay crossed forever, you know. You're gonna be grounded for a hundred years, the over exaggeration trying to teach the truth. That's what Adam did. She's wrestling with the wrong question. She has the wrong answer. She doesn't even have full truth here, and she's already easy prey for the enemy. Verse 4. Then the serpent goes from a question to bring in his answers he gets you to question what is true and who is God and then through that questioning of who God is he tries to bring you his answers this is the way you ought to live this is so much better hey if you go here where your parents told you not to go where scripture says not to go you'll have an abundant life you'll have great times trust me he said to the woman you will surely not die he was half true they didn't physically die but he was hiding and blinding them from the reality of spiritual death verse 5. For God knows that the day you eat from it your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God knowing good and evil here's what's interesting all of a sudden Eve has ears to hear all of a sudden she is listening she's listening to the wrong voice and it all started with a wicked question it says that she saw that the tree was desirable to make one wise I told you before that fruit that was hanging looked at it and she couldn't resist it it was at that time it was a carton of bluebell ice cream hanging right there it was a bluebell tree I know it I know it was a bluebell tree because nobody can resist that can I get an amen from some in the in audience you get it she took from it she ate and she gave it also to her husband who was with her and we've talked about this before too but a lot of people think that Adam was at home she's gone out grocery shopping and and he's asked her you know uh, the meatloaf's getting a little old hun let's kind of diversify the menu let's let's eat something we haven't had in a while and they think that she's out grocery shopping and she found the new fruit and she's gonna bake a new pie and she's gonna wow Adam. No, Adam was right there with her. Adam who once had invested in her spiritually, who was leading her, who had told her even though he maybe didn't handle it completely right, there's no perfect spiritual leader, is now walking her through the garden all the way where she shouldn't be. And for guys in the room, maybe that's a humble reminder to us to check in and say where am I in my responsibility in leading my home and my family he was right there with her he allowed her to answer the wrong questions he allowed her to hear the wrong voice and he participated with her verse 7 says the eyes of both of them were opened they knew that they were naked and while it says their eyes were open just like most of yours are right now Just because your eyes are open doesn't mean you see clearly. Matter of fact, the Bible says the God of this world is blind in the minds of those who don't believe. We have eyes wide open but we're spiritually blind to the truth and that's what happened to Adam and Eve. Verse 8, So they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife repenting of their sins realizing that they were now naked went running to God in forgiveness and asked for his grace that how it reads no adam and eve did what's now inherently built into your dna as a human being some of you uh, you aren't the spanked generation anymore so we got some younger ones and i grew up in the spanking generation i got well my brother got spanked all right and when dad's car pulled into the driveway all day long man we were loving our sin and our rebellion mom was telling us hey when your daddy gets home (laughs) daddy ain't here is he daddy's car parked in the driveway you think my little brother went running out to dad giving him a big old hug what do you think we did we went and hid under the bed behind a tree Mexico if we could get across the border whatever it took because we knew the spanking was coming where we get that Adam For it says when they heard God coming the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord They did it among the trees of the garden those trees that were supposed to be a blessing to them now became their hiding place they were running from god and we do the very same thing instead of seeking right relationship with god we go in the wrong direction we think we can hide from god we actually think that's possible and the bible says apparently it is because they hid from the presence of god so i ask you a question is that possible we think it is There's no place you can go. Whatever's going on inside of you right now, God already knows it. He knows everything. And yet the enemy convinces us, hey, you can hide that. You can run. You just get further away. You get outside. You get enough distance, man. You can be in a safer place. And there's some people settling for that lie today. Just like Adam and Eve. Well, what would you expect God to do at this point? his holy creation created in his image are now marred by sin he has to be true to his word the wages of sin is death you would expect him to come now and now you see and here's how most people would see God storming into the garden his white beard flowing like a Gandalf moment and he's going to strike them dead with lightning bolts and thunder because that's who God is an angry God an old man that just needs to get over it and always looking to zap us. Verse 9, look at it. The Lord God called to the man and he said to him, First question, look at it, underline it. Matter of fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down the question, and let God ask this question to you Where are you? Where are you? That's the question, the very first question God ever asked. Why would he ask that question? Is it because he was looking around and, and all of a sudden there's no Adam? Adam, oh, and he's all frantically looking behind every bush. And where did my creation go? Is, is he lost? Does he know where Adam is? Yes. So why would he ever ask the question? Because Adam didn't realize where he was. Put yourself in the question. Where are you? Don't be a smart aleck. I'm at Putnam City Baptist Church. Don't you see? I'm sitting in a chair. I'm listening to you, man. Hurry up. Come on. That's not the answer. He wasn't looking for GPS coordinates so he could connect again with Adam. He knew exactly where Adam was. Adam had to discover where he is, and so is that for you and me. Where are you? Where are you in this moment? Now, there's some possibilities. Here are the possibilities. One possibility Just as we read in the beginning of the story, you're walking with God and in the center of his will. That's exactly how Adam started. Every day in the cool of the day, he'd walk with God. He spent time with God and experienced God's will. He was in the center of God's will. It could be that's where you are today and praise God. Give him praise this morning and say, God, thank you for protecting me from the lies of the enemy. It could be you're doing the God thing, but you're flirting with evil. Oh, you're showing up for church you may even open your Bible a time or two during the week, but, but you're, you've done that. that's you, you, gotten a little old and stale, and you're starting to flirt outside the will of God. How many times Adam and Eve just kind of strolled by and said, Oh man, I know we're not supposed to be by that tree, but boy, that fruit. I just wonder what that tastes like. Boy, it looks good. And each day they kind of stepped another step closer and another step further from the Lord. It happened for Adam without a sin nature, without the DNA that we woke up in, even though we're new creatures in Christ, we were born in this world with Adam's DNA or it could be another possibility is you're completely distanced from God. Like Adam and Eve, you're, you're running from him, you've blown it and you know it and you're a million miles away from God. And you think that you've hidden yourself from his presence you're thinking that that's that's just where i need to be and you've settled for that where are you didn't just happen for adam i'll give you some other examples i'm going to run through these real quick just think about these pictures in scripture one of the first ones that comes to mind is peter we talk about him all the time i get a lot of comfort from peter's mess ups knowing hey man if he botched it that bad and god still loved him i got a shot Peter was one of his most trusted insider leaders. Jesus poured more into Peter than any of the other 12 and there was a night where Peter, it wasn't his first time, Peter would deny him three times. You remember the battle they had before? There were times when Jesus would have to say to Peter, Peter you're so out of bounds you need to get behind me Satan. He wasn't calling him Satan, Satan was working his way into Peter's story. That night, he said man I'd die for you nobody loves you more than me have you ever been there? I've been there I remember praying at my home church where I got saved I remember sitting right there right now I've told you this before I remember praying an invitation I didn't know how to pray but I knew this God there's nobody in here that loves you more than I do I look back over my story and that is true I loved him with all my heart but I also know there are times that I've taken the fruit I know there are times I've stepped outside of God's will I know there are times that i've wanted something else but jesus and so did peter peter it says that night here was his problem look at what it says he was following at a distance oh he was still trying to keep that god connection he was still trying to look like i don't know him but he was playing it safe he just had enough distance he thought but that distance led to his denial if you're not in the center of god's will you're heading for heartache and bankruptcy another example in scripture is thomas we don't know much about thomas but he gets the label who is he doubting thomas unless i can see i know jesus said he was going to raise from the dead i know we've heard people have said it but unless i can see it unless i can touch it unless i can get my arms around it unless it fits in my brain i ain't going to believe it you say wow that's pretty calloused i've never doubted god oh yeah You say, well, I know the Bible says God will meet every one of my needs according to his riches and glory, but that was before credit cards. I know that that God says, but, doubting Thomas. He was distanced in his doubt, and it could be that there's somebody here and you're doubting God's provision, God's protection, God's love. It's time to come home. He's the Lord of a second chance. Another guy that comes to mind is Saul of Tarsus, the Pharisee of the Pharisees, who we know now as the Apostle Paul, but before then he was the most religious dude on the planet. He spent as much time as some of you in church. He was there every time the doors were open and he was the Pharisee of the Pharisees. He had climbed the religious ladder. He had all the Awana awards, all the trophies. He had the high attendance pin from Sunday school. He was captain religion. Gave him a little cape to wear around little pharisee, little p with a circle. and Yet he didn't know God. Oh, I don't care how many times you've been to false Creek, how many times you've sat through a boring sermon from a Baptist preacher, that doesn't make you spiritual. He was religious but he was lost. I think about two sisters and we talked about them before, Martha and Mary and we find them, Jesus is right there and yet different heartbeats. Martha, who was trying to serve her Lord and was doing everything to make it a special moment like you do, ladies, when somebody visits your home, she was doing right things with the wrong heart. And there was her little sister. There's that last-born. How many lastborns again? They don't have to work in the kitchen. They get to play games with Jesus. And she's wanting her parents to step in and give her little sister a spanking for not helping. But Jesus says, you are missing it. You're bothered about all this stuff and man there's some of you you're trying to get God's love by serving him and doing all this stuff and you're sweating and you're trying to work your way in and God says no Mary has chosen the best thing you're out in the kitchen she's at my feet you're doing good things she's doing the best thing what matters most our relationship with Jesus another person that comes to mind is the prodigal son in Luke 15 here's a selfish dude here's a dude that should have been born in America in this day and age because we are told it's all about us and he said you know what dad your DNA is way too good you're gonna live forever I can't wait for you to die to get my inheritance I want it now talk about calloused talk about shallow talk about selfish his father gave it to him and he went to a distant land went to Las Vegas digging it, throwing the dice, partying with his friends, living on the edge, having a great time. Scripture says sin is pleasurable for a season, but in the end it brings death. He wakes up and there are no friends around. He's bankrupt. He spent everything. He's so poor he can't afford a single meal. He goes to work in the worst place a Jew could ever be and that was for a pig farmer. Jews were not allowed to eat pork they're the most disgusting uh beast on the planet they're they're nature's vacuum cleaners their flesh is toxic they're not allowed to eat and he's feeding these pigs and matter of fact he gets so hungry one day he says man I got to have something to eat and he's eating pig slop distance from the father and he wakes up and he says I was wrong I need to return to my father Maybe today God's waking somebody up in this space. Maybe you thought it's been fun ignoring mom and dad's advice. Maybe you thought it was cool. Yeah, I know God said, but he's waking you up. You're waking up in your pig pen. Matter of fact, there are times I pray for people, and I take them to that story, and when they won't repent of their sin, I said, let me tell you, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you like I believe the prodigal father prayed for the prodigal son. I'm going to pray that you get so miserable in your sin, you wake up in your own pig slop, and you come back to God. Don't you pray like that? Yeah, I am. I keep praying for them because they need to get back to the Father, another one that comes to mind. Those are people that were connected into Jesus but distanced. There was a guy that approached Jesus one time, maybe this relates to your story, he was a rich ruler, he was a good dude, he had prospered in life, he had lots of possessions and life was good for him but he still had an emptiness in his heart like most of us in America today he approached Jesus he said Jesus what must I do to have eternal life and Jesus said keep the commandments oh so there's something we can do to be saved Jesus has taken down a path he says I've done all those things oh commendable Uh, you're a man of great possessions and probably what you ought to do next is go sell everything you have and give it to the poor wait I can do that stuff but but now you're hitting home that's that's my stuff I mean that's my comfort I like my toys I like my privilege and he looked at all that he had the Bible says he looked at all that he had and he walked away now Jesus wasn't saying you're saved because you give up all your possessions He wasn't saying you're saved by keeping the commandments what he was trying to get him to say is all the things you've been looking to you thought by keeping the commandments I was going to love you more you thought and oh by the way here's your real heart issue you love the stuff more than you love the one who created all this he was dealing with his God maybe that's where you are today you don't have a relationship with God the stuff of this world owns your heart the Bible says it's by faith that we're saved when we believe in our heart. It's a heart issue. And One last one. Where are you? Where was Judas in all this? Judas was the treasurer of Jesus' ministry. He was the trusted one. Out of all the 12, Jesus trusted the money to this guy. He was captain company man. All the disciples thought he was Mr. Spiritual. He hung out with Jesus for three and a half years and was treasurer of the ministry. He knew who Jesus was, but he never knew Jesus here. There are a lot of people like Judas, good people. He was a good guy. You say, oh, Judas was an evil guy. That's where every heart is apart from Jesus. I know who you could answer all the Sunday school answers. That doesn't mean Jesus has given you a new heart. So I don't know where you are today but I know this turn to one last passage and we'll close Luke 15 let's go to the prodigal son's ending verse 20. I don't know how far from God you may be how far outside the will of God is but I know there are many today that need to repent and come home and there are some who need to repent and receive a new father a heavenly father that prodigal son when he came to his senses He got up from where he was, he wasn't sitting in a chair in a Baptist church, he was in a pig pen. He got up and he came forward. We don't do that anymore these days, it's too uncomfortable. Well how comfortable do you think it was for the prodigal son to come back to his daddy empty-handed in pig-cloth clothes, say dad I'm back. think that was a comfortable moment let's take a look at the rest of it verse 20 take a look as he came back he said I'm willing to just be a servant in my father's house it's better there than where I am can I tell you that's true to you today if you're outside the will of God it's way better to return back to the father than to stay where you are so he got up and he came to his father and while he was still a long way off his father saw him I don't care how far away you are today. I don't care if you're watching online and playing it safe there and, and, and you just tuned into this and God's speaking to you right where you are. It doesn't matter where you are. The Father sees you. And I want you to see the Father's response. It's the same response we see in the garden. The enemy would lie to you and say, God hates you. God doesn't love you. That You don't deserve God's love. The prodigal son had to think, there's no way my father could take me back. But look at this. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him. And he ran. In that day and age, you didn't do that as a a patriarch of the family. They come to you. You're the king of the household. And this daddy girded up his loins. And he ran to that rebellious, prodigal kid. And when he got there, he didn't go there and slap him in the face. He reached out and he embraced him and he pulled him in and he wouldn't let go. He loved him with a compassionate, amazing grace. The Bible says he kissed him. As he kissed him, I'm sure there was a little pig slop stuck in his beard. He didn't care. His son was home. His son was home. Pray with me. every head bowed and every eye closed where are you some might be honest today and say you know what i'm in the pig pen that's me and i've been a long way from god i played hard i played fast i had fun but i'm bankrupt i need to come home to the father i need a heavenly father i need to be saved that's you our staff will be here I want you to get up and I want you to do what the prodigal son did I want you to get up right where you are and I want you to come down here I want you to say I need a father I need a heavenly father I need to be saved you ought to be the first to come there are others here might be like Peter and you're following at a distance you're not where you should be you're not where you used to be you need to come home not for salvation but just getting it right with Jesus that night Peter went out and he wept bitterly over his sin he was a broken man That same night, Judas hung himself. Not because he was a broken man, he was a lost man. He had never been saved. Instead of coming to Jesus and receiving that holy kiss of grace, he went out into eternity lost in his sin. Don't leave here this morning lost in yours. You come. Maybe you've been doubting God, and maybe you just need to get on your knees and say, God, forgive me for doubting you. God, please Building me a heart of faith. God, I trust you. I believe your word. Maybe that's your prayer. Whatever it is, I hope that you'll respond. Don't use COVID as a reason to stay in your bubble. Give God glory this morning. Father, my prayer in this moment. I pray that everyone here could see your compassion and your love. God, that they could see where they are and that you have revealed that to them. And God, whatever that means, whatever the next step is, God, be their shepherd. Guide them now. We're asking it in Jesus' name.